800 AM and 94.9 FM KINY Juno from the Alaska Airlines Studio. Local first. Now, News of the North. I'm Jazz Garrett. These are the stories we're following this hour. The Juno Assembly held an assembly committee of the whole meeting on Monday night. The Alaska Permanent Fund Division is hosting an open house this week. And conversations continue on the Juno School District budget deficit. At an assembly committee of the whole meeting Monday night, the Juno Assembly has decided to move forward with a telephone hill redevelopment plan. Madame Mayor Beth Weldon says they chose option C that adds the most new housing. It received 13 more votes than option D, which would have preserved some of the existing houses. Telephone hill redevelopment study, we had that update um, and long discussion on that one, and we decided to move forward with refining design concept. Option C, uh, keeping in mind it wasn't far ahead on votes of B or D. So basically we're looking for more density than it was, probably something to 60 to 150, somewhere like that. The lands folks said that they would come back with uh, a concept, keeping in thought some other feedback, such as a possible green space up there. So... Walden says the city remains unable to do personal assistance for the Mendenhall Glacier outburst flood, but that they are looking at what can be done at state and federal levels. But the state uh, can do personal assistance, and in fact right now there's legislation from our own Senator Jesse Keel um, to increase individual assistance from 21000 to 50000 So we'll obviously add it, uh, go out in support of that. And then we'll also look at uh, putting in backflow preventers on existing culverts that don't already have them. There are some on the river that have backflow preventers, um, and we will fix the rest of those and... Um, And then we're also still working with the Army Corps of Engineers and NRCS at possible studies of the river to try and predict what's happening or try to figure out uh, what can be done. The city is also looking to increase bus service to the Mendenhall Valley this tourism season after last season's chaos. As people know that we had a problem last year when the uh, commercial buses ran out of permits to go to the glacier and so the one bus route that went from downtown um, that ended up at Back Loop Road uh, just got overwhelmed and locals got kicked off. And so this, where they're calling it a tripper bus. So basically we would add another route from May 1st to October 1st that would do a loop through downtown and then a loop potentially out Riverside and back and hit that Dredge Lake bus stop also um, just during the months of the tourists and that will be funded by MPF, and we'll see that in front of the assembly because we need to hear comments from the public on that. Executive Director and CEO of the Alaska Permanent Fund Division, Devin Mitchell, joined Capital Chat to talk about an open house happening tomorrow and Friday at 5 p.m. The Alaska Permanent Fund Corporation will be hosting an open house at its Juneau headquarters, welcoming legislators, staff, and the community of Juneau. APFC Board of Trustees and the corporation's leadership staff will be available to interact with the community. It'll be an opportunity to interact on a on an informal basis with staff and board members. The the communication team does have a 
an opportunity for people to experience a game that's been put together, an educational game um, targeted at high school students that people will be able to experience that a little bit. They'll be able to tour our facilities and see where the investment staff and support staff work here in Juneau. We'll have some light appetizers and and otherwise try to be good hosts to folks that come by. And so it's it's really intended to be a little more organic rather than structured with a speaker, for example. Leading up to this meeting, there have been a number of board agenda items that have generated public interest. This is an opportunity for questions to be answered. I think it's educational in large part as well, just to try to ensure that people are aware of of the permanent fund and how it's being managed by the corporations uh, and understanding that relationship and understanding that we're not the permanent fund dividend division, the the, depart- the division of the Department of Revenue that distributes permanent fund dividend checks. We're the organization that invests and makes the money that makes it possible for dividends to be distributed. So it, 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 it's a combination of, of that educational experience as well as, like you said, an opportunity to for here in Juneau, people to meet their neighbors that, that work for them at the Permanent Fund Corporation. The PFD office is located on 10th Street near the Federal Building downtown. The Board of Education Finance Committee meeting will be held from 1.30 to 2.30 p.m. on Friday to discuss school reconfiguration plans and the Juneau School District budget. Coming up, flight attendants are holding airport rallies to protest the lack of new contracts and pay raises. That story next with Jordan Lewis when Local First News continues. AP correspondent Ed Donahue reports flight attendants are speaking up about getting a pay raise. Unions representing flight attendants picketed at 30 airports in hopes of getting a new contract and higher pay. Flight attendants are growing frustrated with the major airlines. At O'Hare Airport in Chicago, Southwest flight attendant and union leader Corliss King says it's been a year since pilots got big pay raises. We are demanding the respect of flight attendants in our profession. We are not standing down any longer to substandard contracts, to substandard conditions, to substandard wages. King says flight attendants haven't been rewarded for working through the pandemic and being responsible for passenger safety. What's the next step? We are ready to take all available options that are afforded to us. Last fall, flight attendants rejected a deal with Southwest. Airline strikes can be delayed or blocked by federal mediators, the president or Congress. I'm Ed Donahue. Tuesday's protests were not, however, a strike as federal law makes it very difficult for airline unions to strike. Tuesday's protests were organized by Hendricks Union, the Association of Professional Flight Attendants, and the Association of Flight Attendants, which represents crews at United Airlines, Alaska Airlines, and several other carriers, and the Transportation Workers Union, which represents crews at Southwest. The head of the state corporation in charge of the long-planned Trans-Alaska Natural Gas Pipeline is once again Alaska's top-paid public executive. Frank Richards, president of the Alaska Gas Line Development Corporation, received $479,588 in compensation during 2023, according to the latest version of the state's annual executive compensation report, which was released in January. Compensation includes salary as well as things like cashed-out leave, moving expenses, and travel costs. Some other compensation was included to top Richard's salary in 2023, but that didn't materially affect the rankings. He has been Alaska's top paid executive since 2021. 
The annual compensation report includes only executives and not all public employees, but Richards has traditionally topped the list among all employees as well. The state's second highest paid executive in 2023 was University of Alaska President Pat Pitney, according to the report. She was compensated $403,848. And Senators Dan Sullivan and Lisa Murkowski have introduced legislation to extend the Alaska Native Vietnam Veteran Land Allotment Program for another five years before its expiration. The program was established by a Sullivan-authored provision that became law in 2019, which enabled several thousand Alaska Native veterans to apply for the congressionally promised Native land allotments, an opportunity many originally missed due to their military service during the Vietnam War era. Sullivan and Murkowski's legislation would also make eligible for conveyance lands identified in 2020 by the U.S. Fish and Wildlife Service as eligible for selection and require the USFS to identify additional lands for selection and conveyance to eligible veterans. Now you're up to date with your local first news. I'm Jordan Lewis.